Welcome to the Fair Chase Podcast. It's like, yeah, it's going to be physically it's hard, suck, but it's also like the best. Later on, that's the story you tell. I got a new strategy. It's, you just go kind of lick your finger a little bit like this. Aim high, play the wind. And then you aim high, you play the wind. It's a new aiming technique that I'm working on. You brought this up. Yeah. It's because you had target panic so bad. Yeah, I didn't have it so bad. Before we jump into this episode, we have to thank a few companies that make this show possible. First up, Vortex Optics. We run their binoculars, spotting scopes, and uh, a lot of their clothes in their Vortex wear line. Quality hoodies. sweaters and hoodies, t-shirts, hats. Yep. You uh, can save yourself 20% on that stuff. Buy. Ooh, it's a new code. The code TFC20. Check them out. Next up, Trophy Line. Trophy Line. No secret, we are saddle guys. We like to hunt in saddles, make the jokes if you want, but yep. they're super light, super effective, and we're big fans of Trophy Line. This year we're going to be running the Mission Platform or the EDP Platform, the EDP. depending, and uh, running the Covert Light. Yeah. Nice and light saddle. Lots of good adjustability on that. I feel comfortable walking with that thing out in the woods. Go yep. check this thing out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on the next purchase. Next up, Prime. The bow that got me to switch back. I think I feel like I got you to switch back. You did, but but I like. But it was it's a big because part. of Prime shootability, shooting your bow, their accuracy. Uh, we're big fans of Prime. They're Michigan company. Jared's shooting the Nexus Four. Four. I'm shooting the Nexus Two this year. Go check them out. G5Prime.com. We uh, we're big GPS map users on our phone. Um, I get tend to get lost a lot, and Jared you do tend to get lost. A lot. Jared can't always be next to me. When you don't have Jared with you, you can have a little Jared in your pocket. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> this is an awesome platform. We know the guys. They're local here in Grand Rapids. And you can actually download other apps, stand locations, plot locations, whatever pins that you have, you can download them onto the HuntWise platform. So you're not, you can, give you it just, a try. You can just hit the ground. And you're not losing your research. Yeah. So go check this app out, HuntWise.com. You know, I was actually asked this weekend if we weren't partnered with Vector and like I had to shoot a different arrow would I shoot vectors? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I said, yes, of course. Yeah. I love them. I shoot extremely accurate with them. I've never broken one. Yeah. And the sweet thing was is you pretty much just tell Isaac and the guys over there your draw length, draw weight, and I think your tip weight. Your tip weight, and they have a – And then you customize the whole thing. You and can they do it right tip, online. cut, and everything. You don't have to mess with the bow shop or anything like that. Check these guys out, vectorcustomshop.com. For 10% off your order at checkout, use TFC10. Good luck out there. Shoot straight. All right, welcome to an episode, another episode, a new episode of the Fair Chase podcast. Um, today, I have a fellow Michigander, um, although you're on the east side of the state, Kevin Vistason on uh, Deer Hunter podcast host, Michigan hunter extraordinaire. I don't know. Introduce yourself. You know, what do you do? Where do you live? That kind of thing. Yeah, so I reside just out, uh, I guess, Metro Detroit, northern, northern area of Metro Detroit. Uh, what do I do? I'm a plumber out of local 98 here, do commercial and industrial service, a lot of work at hospitals, financial institutions, schools, and then uh, DT facilities, all that. So I'm a plumber by trade and I've just always loved deer hunting. I grew up playing sports and hunting and fishing. And this is the one thing that has always just like, my interest in it has never faded. It only ever amplifies. So it was only natural yeah. that I, I guess that I tried to uh, spend more time doing this. And that led me to 
the podcast and just curating some media over the course of the last couple of years and building out some partnership with some brands. And now kind of realizing that it's like our time, you know, our generation's time to kind of pass this heritage on, put a good, good face to it, make people realize why it's like absolutely critical that uh, we continue this for the North American model of wildlife management and to protect uh, future generations to have this, you know, luxury, I guess you could call it, but this way of lifestyle that's been, you know, uh, it's basically how I identify myself as a hunter, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm interested. I'm, I find it interesting. You say the the word luxury that we get to hunt our deer uh, this way. And that gets into political questions that we can maybe dive into at another time. I have a feeling I know where you you land politically. Uh, But, but anyways, no, that's great. Um, Question for you though. And this might be obvious, but you have to add some, some detail, right? So the question that we ask people is what's your favorite hunt? like your favorite hunt you can't just like say categorically i like the deer hunt because like looking at the name of your podcast obviously you like the deer hunt mm-hmm. um what is your favorite if you had to pick one type of hunt one place to hunt what, what would that be yeah it's uh super simple as you try to pull some focus back there huh What's what going is on? that <laughs> yeah that's spooky i don't know how that happens i'm hopefully it clears itself up otherwise man. i'm blurry man from the now on all right yeah it seems like it was trying that is bizarre where's jared i need jared to fix this anyways oh there we go look at that look at that (laughs) um yeah that's really easy for me it's not necessarily a weapon that's going to identify my hunt it's more of the experience and so that could be a bow or a rifle or a shotgun or a muzzle loader, but it's going up into northern Michigan and going out into some semi remote forest and just feeling like I'm the only one around for a real long ways, you know, and try to find a concentration of deer and see some new beautiful countryside, you know. Maybe I've oh, been yeah. in there before, maybe I haven't. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's just ideal for me. And it's, uh, 28 degrees. Like I like it when when it snows a little bit and you get some snow, but it's, I don't want it to be freezing cold, Yeah. but I also don't want it to be a wet snow where it makes the woods dead, dead quiet. So that 28 degrees keeps everything a little bit crispy and crunchy and you're not freezing to death, but a little bit of white snow on the ground really helps see some deer move. And yeah, man, I, um, maybe give me a Northwest wind five to 10 miles an hour and put me in there like anywhere from November, anywhere in the month of November. I'm cool with anywhere in the month of November. November is an awesome month. I mean, October is great and I, December can be cool too, but November is awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the pinnacle of the the whole thing you know if you're a rut face hunter which i kind of always have been so you uh you a swamp guy you swamp man uh yeah i mean historically i have spent an insane amount of time <laughs> in a, a bunch of really dense swamp and i've actually come to find out maybe that i've overdone it um there's all there's certain times to be there and yeah. there's certain times to not and there's only certain parts in a swamp that deer there's not much in there for them. You know, they're kind of using it as cover and tra- traverse in daylight and for some bedding opportunities, but you can write off 
80% of that, 90% of that swamp, you know, they're going to be in the 10% every time. And now I've been trying to like figure that out, you know, what, what is that 10%? So, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I figure if you're from Michigan, you like deer hunt, you spent some time in a swamp, you know, oh, yeah, that's, man. that's the rite of passage right there. No doubt about it. Cedar swamps are pretty special, you know, for they deer really hunting. are. Yeah. You feel like you're like disconnected from the world as you know it. If you haven't gotten lost, well, I guess maybe now you don't as much with GPS and stuff and whatever else, but I've gotten lost, lost yeah. in those swamps. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks to get turned around in any capacity because uh, it can get hairy for you real quick. And it's not like a, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's energy exerting to traverse around in them. So if you get a little bit of an elevated heart rate, get worked up and you start going like you're going to get out of there. Yep. Wrong move. <laughs> Well, I, I went to, I did a, a hunt in Alaska. I know I'm, I'm supposed to be keeping this timely, but, um, and they were talking about this muskeg, like this tundra walking. And I get out there. I'm like, this is, this is what uh, some of these swamps that I like, if you're from Michigan and you go into these swamps, you have a good sense of what Alaska is like on the tundra. It's very similar, just squishy, you know, like uneven terrain. You're always kind of off balance. You just add in for the cedar swamp, thick, vegetation around you for the most part yeah. briars or right, we call them prickers prickers yeah uh, dense you know. canopy above you yeah exactly so all right so kevin uh question of the month the question of this month this month of october it's not the magic month of november yet when this will come out um, but what is the most useless piece of gear in your pack right now when you go out it's always in there it's like i never use that it just takes up space and weight it's probably my knife sharpener because I always sharpen my knife before I go. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it never gets pulled out in the field, but I keep right. it there. So I know where it is. <laughs> always know where it is, uh, but I never ever use it. So I could probably find a new spot for it. Uh, hey, man. I take a, a sharp knife with me, you know? This is a self-help podcast and we really is aimed at helping our guests become better. And so you're welcome for that. Like I'll send you the bill later for, for that advice. Right. Um, okay. So dive in, uh, tell me when you're thinking of a hunting story, personally, yeah. you're at a bar, somebody asks you, Oh, you hunt. Yeah. Well, tell me what, a, like, tell me a hunting story. Like what, what comes to mind for you? Hmm. So I guess, are you looking for more of like a personal experience? You, yeah. Or... Your hunt where you were out and it could be failure. It could be success anywhere in between. Well, I imagine a lot of your listening audience is Michigan. Can I? A good amount. Yeah. Assume that safe. So let's keep it Michigan and traditionally grew up a bait hunter. Okay. Yeah. I spent a lot of time, a lot of years, uh, you know, hunting over bait. That's how I grew up hunting. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have uh, like, I wasn't surrounded by like killers or like right. real serious deer hunters, you know, I was surrounded by the crew that liked to play cards and go to deer camp and cook a bunch of good food and same. Yep. Okay. But I liked the deer hunting a lot. And when I got a taste of being successful at it, I wanted as much of that as I could get. <laughs> so I had to figure out a way now, like I never killed a big buck over bait. I've killed a couple yep. nice bucks but it was never the result of putting bait out, but I've killed a bunch of deer over bait. So I think it's an effective tool, but I think I, now yeah. that I, now I'm a, a confident enough and good enough 
hunter that I can just get out and choose topography and food sources and get on deer and get them killed. And I think that is the most effective way to kill bigger deer. Yeah. And so I guess when I'm thinking in my head right now, I have two particular circumstances in the last couple of years, whereas like, oh yeah, the learning curve is really like clicking in here now. Sure. Yeah. So it's the stay mobile thing is always, uh, we grew up, bo- you know, hunting in box blind. I mean, yeah, pretty much literally figuratively nailing your place to a tree. Right. So, <laughs> uh, but that's, that's what people like to do. People like to put roots down, like in all aspects of life. That's just a human thing. They like to put roots down. We like to get comfortable, mm-hmm. but, uh, that, is not the most conducive way, especially if you're going to be hunting state land to get on deer because a lot, you don't have control over a lot of the variables. So you got to be flexible. And so getting into the mobile hunting, you know, by, by means of tree stand or saddle, uh, learning how to navigate, learning how to read topography and food signs and just see you know, experience of recreating itself over and over again. But I just, I had a spot a couple of years ago, historically that, um, you know, I would go in there and I would just by way of bowl and China shop, just put the hours in, yep. and just be there and just run into a deer. And I'm <laughs> now that I have a family and work a lot, I'm not afforded that tactic. And so I have to be a little bit more surgical and strategic and I'm always trying to play my highest odds. Yep. So I went into a spot a couple of years ago. It was just, it's always been a producer. And I was sitting there the first morning. It was a beautiful morning. We had north wind, five miles an hour. It was about 28 degrees. There was <laughs> snow, a fresh snow from overnight and just a nice steady snow coming down. It was I love that. beautiful. Yeah, I'm sitting in a mix of pines and hardwoods, and it's just as beautiful as a morning. That's Michigan, right? That's pure Michigan, dude. I'm telling you, but it's also pure Michigan because I didn't see a single deer. (laughs) So the morning's getting long, and I'm not seeing deer. And I know this spot, eight thirty in the morning. If there's deer around, they're coming through here. Yeah, wasn't the case, Uh, and so. By 10 o'clock, I think I had had enough and I just wasn't feeling it. And normally I would just be programmed to sit in there, to sit in there. And I got down and there really wasn't much for deer sign. And, you know, now in hindsight, I know that that was had to do with the acorns. uh, The in that area was not there that year. And uh, now it's something that I pay attention to because these areas will be vacated of deer it's like one year why is it so good there's acorns everywhere and then uh so anyways got down just had my stand sticks on my back and just went and i'm following the topography following edge just looking for sign and after about a mile i found some really good sign like concentration of deer tracks from that night that morning fresh fresh poop some rubs uh, there's a lot of deer in here. Right. And so pick a tree. Yeah. That makes sense. Get there, get my stand set up. And then I guess that would have been the November 14th. Cause the following okay. morning was yep. 
opening morning. And so I elected to put that stand up and sneak out of there and plan and mark an entry route for the following morning for what the wind was saying that it was going to do. I was going to use the light and the time to get my entry with my breadcrumb trail on my mapping software, just spot on. So I could follow that in, in the morning. Cause this was a new spot going in there in the morning. You can think, you know, exactly where you're going, but man, you miss a step. And then the next thing, you know, you're like way off and now you're walking around and it's not good. So, uh, went in there in the morning, followed my trail right back. And by 1130, uh, I hit grunt call a couple times just uh i like to do that i think a lot of times within the thick vegetation up there those deer can be 75 yards off of you and you'd never see it and if it's quiet the sound carries quite a bit up there so i'll mimic what i've heard of deer chasing does around up there yep. oh yeah and uh Wait, how does that go what does that look like bat bat bat, bat. crunching around do you do you yeah, crunch the leaves or probably anything? right here somewhere searching around no i don't i'm up in the no i I like to be that's it i mean i've never had to do more than that um you know depending on how noisy or quiet the woods is i'll bring that up or bring that down you know if the woods is real quiet i'm i'm pretty subtle about it and then i'll just be still and i'll sit there and i'll wait and a lot of times and in this case I'm sitting there, I'm still, and I see some movement coming through some pine trees. And then I see it's a deer and then I see it's a buck. And then I see it's a decent buck and he's working his way right towards me. And he got to like a fork in the trail where he could have went away from me or to me. And he decided to start going away from me. So I'm like, Oh my God, you know, I don't really have a shot. It's probably like 75 yards through, through the forest. So I picked the grunt up and I hit it again, just, bleh, and he turned on a dime and just got down in the bird dogging thing, you know, and oh, he yeah. just came running in looking for, uh, looking for a fight. Um, and, uh, I put one right through him with 12 gauge slug through him at like 40 yards and he mule. I mean, I'm thank God I had the scope dialed all the way out. Yeah. Uh, because I'm following him through this brush and he's coming fast, like sure. right at me. Just clip. Yeah. Just had a clip. And yeah. I'm just like waiting for the scope to, I've got the scope on his shoulder, but I'm waiting for it to empty out of like brush and trees and everything, yeah. you know, to where all I see is deer. And I got that momentarily pulled the trigger. He mule kicked and ran. I'm right on the edge of a cedar swamp. So he okay. went running yeah, yeah, yeah. into the cedar swamp and that's the last I saw or heard of him. And so I'm sitting there, heart's going through the chest. I'm like, man, I, I'm pretty sure I hit him good, but you know, I've you said never that know before. when it's that thick and you're when it happens moving that fast, fast yeah. the whole thing happened in 10 seconds. Yep. I feel like, yeah, of course. Yep. Totally. So I go through all the emotions and I'm like, all right, you know, I've waited like 30 minutes. I'm going to at least get down and look and see what the blood looks like. And so I pack my bag, drop my bag down, drop my firearm down, and I flip the seat up, go over. I go down one stick, and I turn and look over, and he's piled up dead right oh. there, like 20 <laughs> yards. So I was like, man, uh, you know, if I hadn't gotten down yesterday and moved and found this hot sign and got on it and hung yeah. here, I would not have this deer killed. 
Yeah, man. Staying mobile. I mean, reacting to what you're seeing and and what I'm trying, I'm scrolling through. I just pulled up your Instagram scrolling to find, I want to find that a picture of that buck. Um, so first of all, that's incredible. I I love when it comes together, when you adjust and you, you make it work. Um, but like, say you're looking back now, you know, say you're talking to yourself a year or two before that, like, would you, what invite, like, what'd you learn? Like, what advice would you have if, you know, um, what led to success? You know, sometimes people don't have success. Uh, but like looking at, at this particular hunt, like why, why did this work? What'd you learn from it? Oh, there we go. <laughs> That's it, man. You give it three or four of them and then maybe one more. Yeah. You just wait and you just listen, you know, right. and, uh, yeah, that's it. So, um, I, I'm sorry. I was focused on, no, I'm that actually that right very glad you, you asked me because <laughs> the, 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 the disservice. So, well, I, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a classic. So I, the reason I ask is because, so Jared claims to have invented this, he calls it the buck run. And so he'll like do that, you know, run, yeah. run, and, but yeah. he'll run through the woods while he does it he calls it It sounds like a reasonable way to get shot you think yeah well i mean gun season he's gonna get shot but you know (laughs) for bow season he'll do it early on in the rut and i always was like has it worked yeah yeah i believe it it's worked and bucks will come in right up to him like right right to him like sure it's funny you you say this these this grunting and stuff the last couple years i've actually so i grew up and i was told never grunt like this is Michigan. You hunt where you hunt. Like you, you cannot grunt. Like you'll scare deer away. Mm. And the last couple of years, I've been just trying it on public land, and it works a lot of the time. Oh yeah, I've shot a lot of deer grunting. Grunt, I you know, grunting them off of their beds. Like that's what I like to yeah. do is get down to edge of a cedar swamp, get set up real quiet. Yep. And then you know maybe an hour like you know an hour before when the deer are already naturally thinking they're about to get up and start moving yeah i'll throw a couple grunts and uh i'll have deer materialize out of you know what i thought was going to be a bedding spot and uh i've killed a good amount of deer that way yeah i've i I always forget my my grunt so i was i've slowly over the years just been using the mouth grunt and it works fine yeah, dude, honestly, so some of the ones at the store, like, they need to go away. They sound They're like garbage. So bad. And I hear them when I'm out in the woods. I hear people. It sounds yeah. very, ro- like, a roll. Like, like it's it just sounds plasticky when you it hear sounds, it. It sounds, yeah, it just doesn't sound like what I hear, what a deer sounds like. Yeah. Because you know? they make like a lot of noise. Put mine often up against my jacket or some material, too, and make it, you know, make that, diffuse that sound a little bit because they yeah. will they'll come right i mean they'll come right to your tree yep their ears are like little radar devices that's what their ears do they turn and they pick up that sound and they know exactly like on a dime they're going to walk right to it yeah they'll so come right I, up to you i like to tuck it into my jacket or something and diffuse the sound a little bit to throw them a little curveball <laughs> throw it throw your voice a little bit yeah um okay so the question i did ask was lessons learned tips for success like why were you successful here what'd you learn from this this hunting story that there's always going to be a better spot you just got to find it i believe you know you're playing percentage of odds so if you're just when you get to be have confidence i think and you have a a feeling you get it like an intuition 
Yeah. Whereas just like, this isn't happening. I'm not seeing what I want to. I would typically ride that out and then do some complaining. And then <laughs> sure. And yeah, I think yeah. that that's the way a lot of Michigan deer hunters operate. Yep. Um, it's that, it's that mobile mindset. It's like the, like you said, that was a good way to put it. I like what you said. Like people like to put their roots like down, like to, to settle in. They do. And it's, you got to fight that when you hunt because man, like everything you described was how I grew up hunting. It's like you, everybody had their spot. There were literal wood stands, right? You hunted there no matter what all the time. And you would shoot some does. And I shot a lot of does that way. Uh, but it was like the same group. It'd be like, Oh, there's the, you know, I'd shoot the, one of the ones of the group this year, they'd have fawns or whatever. They'd come through next year. And it's like the same, I'm hunting the same deer over and over again. Sure. Um, interesting. So you're the, the new, a good spot is always out there and the intuition, which I can, I can say that I've been feeling that more lately and over the last maybe two or three years where I can go to a spot and, and this is, this is, I don't know if it's from all the guests I've had on or all the reading or, or just experience, but like you, like you said, you, you get to a spot and it's like, this feels for some reason, you know, obviously you point out different reasons why it should be good, but some you just feel for whatever, whatever reason it is. And, and maybe that's that, that intuition piece. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's been, I, I think everybody gets there a little bit differently. You know, everybody likes different things about a spot or an area yeah. or things that what, you know, build confidence. And so, yeah, you just kind of get in there and figure out your style and yeah. never been a better time to be a mobile hunter. That's for sure. The education have, and the gear and everything <laughs> that's available is ridiculous. So it's, you can get, there's so many, so many good things out there for mobile hunting, deer yeah. hunting. I mean, yeah. even just a handful of years ago, there wasn't like we'd go out and we'd, you know, Jared and I, for years, uh, our idea of mobile hunting was these old rickety, uh, climber stands, like the climber for a long time in my mind was the pinnacle of mobile hunting. Sure. You know, you can carry it on your back end and it would stick out, you know, like over <laughs> your shoulders. Them, some of them were offensive. Yeah. Loud. And I, you know, I told the story in the podcast, but I felt mine slipped. I did. I mean, I had no money. This was college, high school or college. And it was just a terrible tree stand. I get it halfway up and it like fell. And man, that was like, I'm not going back into that. I'm not doing that again. So I haven't no. been to a climber since. I don't know if they're still they're good or better now, but. That was I got it a good, I got a good one. Do you? Yeah, I do. It doesn't have a rail around the front of it. So it's an open face. What kind is it? Summit Viper, I believe is what it is. I know it's a oh, summit. Yeah. I think it's yeah. called a Viper. Super light, climbs good. It's decent. Uh, just my problem is with it is obviously then you're hunting trees one because yeah. you're not. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's kind of ridiculous, but some landscapes, hey, some people, they're in an area where that that's fine. They have all those out. Like that's not how our woods is laid out though. Usually no. where there's nice pristine trees is not where the deer are going to be. Right. Well, and you stick so, out because there's no cover around you. Yep. You stick out. And then also I've personally just never been able to be real quiet. No. I never felt like <laughs> I was being stealthy. Yeah, no. It's like, you can, it's like, don't clink, don't clink. You do well for a while. And it's like, then you drop it all. It's like, gunk, 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 you know, after you've done Something such a good job, happens. you go up one of those, um, man, what are those trees? The real barky trees, all of them. 
freaking all. Yeah, <laughs> all honestly, they're so damn noisy. Yeah. So yeah. I like sticks and hang on personally a lot. Last year I saddle hunted for the first time and I'll be using that for the foreseeable future as a tool as well. I think I'm going to do majority of my gun hunting out of the saddle and majority of my bow hunting off of the stand, to be honest with you. People don't give the saddle hunting uh, with a rifle enough credit. Dude, it's ridiculously awesome. It's it's a rest yeah. right in front of you, yep. you know? Your tree and your bridge. Yep, exactly. Your tree you can hold up against, which I, I shot a, I just actually got it back from the Texas and I shot a coyote, like headshot him. I mean, just because I was able to anchor real nice and I was just cozy, it took took my time yeah um, and dropped him a long it was a long shot just the um, way you're slung in there too you're already really steady yeah yeah so i'm a fan yeah well all right so you know the goal of these is to get your hunting story out get your lessons learned out um and you know like you said you you look back and and, and always looking for that better spot uh so for people you know who are out there listening to this podcast and want to follow along like you 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 put out pretty awesome photography um you're doing some cool uh projects you've you know put out cool videos in the past and and so on and, and so for people who want to hear hear what you're doing see what you're doing follow your hunts where can they find you uh, online yeah everything is housed at our website deerhunterpodcast.com and all of our links for our social media the podcast episode you know it's published on all platforms but we try to get it up there every friday we release every friday we kind of like to put a show out feeling like we're going into the weekend. I love a little it. morale booster on a, on a Friday. <laughs> so usually, yeah. And then we've been getting some, uh, I've actually been working on, um, making a line of outdoor technical apparel and people are going to start seeing that here soon, all made in the United States. Um, making a couple technical pieces that I feel like are missing, out there and i need them so i'm just going to make them and if other people want to use them they'll have the ability to i'm having everything made at a place in minnesota so you know that great lakes connection ish great lakes region yeah uh and tech i'm intrigued all right well follow along everybody and i'll say one of the things that you put out i especially appreciate is the theodore roosevelt uh Uh, yeah that cracks me up i appreciate that yeah, that's good. I appreciate that was a collective. Glasses. Yeah, that was a collective effort of one of my goofy friends calling me Theodore Roosevelt, <laughs> and then me thinking about what's the most bro thing right now, and it's Pit Viper glasses. And so I just thought, <laughs> what if we dropped a pair of Pit Vipers on old Theo? And he looks uh, good. Yeah, my friend uh, Ryan Silver uh, over there that uh, been the designer for G Five and Prime here for a whole lot of years. He put that together for me and we made the whole thing come to fruition as a t-shirt. So it's thanks, great. Man. I, I think appreciate it's his, that. his teeth are what make it. I feel like yeah. every time I see that, he's got them good looking teeth, you know, yeah. very straight. It worked. I mean, it's, it it's came good. together, right? Yeah, it's good. I, 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 I literally saw it and, and it made me literally laugh out loud. Literally. Oh, LOL. Cool. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Everybody go check him out. Kevin, uh, thanks for, for taking the time to do this. You know, like I said, we've been, we've been chatting back and forth for a while. So to get you on here, share your story is great. Appreciate yeah, it. And good luck to all the listeners here. Uh, thanks for joining us and entertaining the idea of <laughs> that. We have any clue what we're That's right. talking about. I'm but, learning uh, from Kevin, so I don't know what I'm talking about, but good luck. Good, good luck to everybody in the deer woods this year, for sure. 
Excellent. Cool. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to go on to any kind of social media platform, give us a like, share, subscribe. You know, it really help us out. Keeps the train rolling. And if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us a five-star Either way, if, even if you don't like it. Even if you don't like review. it. Five stars. That'd helps cool. everyone out. We'll see you out there.